This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going on, guys? Happy Monday. Uh, I hope you guys are in a good position to get a W after tonight's game. Um, I want to go over all of the games right here on Instagram stories. Um, all the games from Sunday. So let's start with uh, the Bears and Falcons game. Tariq Cohen, unfortunately, seems like he suffered an ACL injury. The MRI hasn't confirmed that just yet, but or maybe he did. I haven't checked, but it seems like that's, that is the case. Now, David Montgomery, moving forward, assuming this is an ACL injury for Tariq Cohen, he, he, Montgomery's walking into amazing opportunity. Um, Tariq Cohen was playing 40-something percent of snaps in week one, 32% last year, 32% this past, you know, yesterday before he got hurt. David Montgomery's walking into a three-down roll now, and he's going to get a lot more opportunity in the pass game. Nick Foles took over for Trubisky, led a comeback, scored 20 points in the fourth quarter. Um, I think this is an upgrade for Allen Robinson if this sticks. Um, I think it's an upgrade for Anthony Miller. Hopefully this dude sees the field more. This dude is so good, and for whatever reason, Matt Nagy isn't playing him as a full-time player. Hopefully that increases. Um, Also, Foles has a little bit of a knack for throwing to slot guys, so if he gets a little bit more work in the slot, maybe we see some some more volume. Anyway. Um, Jimmy Graham had the most targets from Foles. I think he had about seven targets. Let's see. Um, Graham had seven. A-Rob had six from Foles. And uh, David Montgomery had three. Anthony Miller had two. And in that same game, if you're wondering why you didn't get any fantasy points from Russell Gage, it's because he, he left the game early with a concussion. So keep an eye on this week's practice reports to see if he can pass that concussion protocol in time for next week. Daryl Henderson had 23 opportunities in this game against the Bills compared to Malcolm Brown only getting nine. Now, I know Malcolm Brown had that finger surgery on Monday, but he still practiced in full. Uh, He still got the ball like in between tackles and stuff like that. So if his finger was really an issue as far as ball security, whatever, do you you even play him? Do you even trust him with the ball in his hands? I don't know. So it seems like right now, Daryl Henderson is the hot hand. Now, keep in mind... Sean Mavay in the beginning of the season, you know, he applauded Kyle Shanahan's approach. But he did say that he wants to find that hot hand. And whoever has that hot hand, he'll run with that guy. Especially his running backs coach. He mentioned that his running back coach wants a clear-cut guy. So with Malcolm Henderson now, did his thing two weeks in a row, 120 120 yards from scrimmage um, with the opportunity. And next week, even if Cam Akers is back, Henderson's the guy with the hot hand. Are they really going to mess things up there? Remember, this was a good Bills run D, good Philly run D. He did well. Without Zach Moss in the lineup, Devin Singletary was a bell cow. 86% of snaps, 18 opportunities, 121 total yards. Um, Getting opportunity everywhere. Um, Without Zach Moss, he's like a borderline RB1 in terms of opportunity. So keep using him if Moss isn't in next week. Uh, If you're wondering what happened with Darren Waller, this is just Bill Belichick taking away your best weapon. He saw what happened on Monday night. He's like, oh, hell no. So basically, he just took him out of the game. He ran a route on like 80-something percent of Derek Carr's dropbacks, but... He was just straight up shut down. This is what Belichick does. Don't worry about him moving forward. You know, you have Brian Edwards, Stephon Gilman was on him. Henry Ruggs was out. This was a relatively easy game plan for Bill Belichick, I think. And then Hunter Renfro was the guy who was left out of that coverage, and he saw some opportunity. 
I hope you guys caught the nugget on Saturday morning that I gave you here in my Instagram stories, basically talking about Rex Burkhead's snap share last week. It was 81%. And usually, even though that didn't turn into fantasy points, usually that type of snap share does turn into fantasy points. And with James White out, um, it did turn into fantasy points. Dude scored like three touchdowns, caught like seven balls. So it worked out. Um, not sure how usable he's going to be next week. James White can be back. Also, Damian Harris, Harris uh, most likely coming off of IR. Um, so there are other variables at play here. Um, I wouldn't spend a lot of money on Rex Burkhead if he's on waivers. I would, you know, maybe spend a couple bucks just in case. Like, oh, maybe these guys are out again next week and he'll be usable. Now, Deontay Johnson was another guy, you know, who had a decent matchup. And he was out for this game with a concussion. He got hurt early. Sucks on his first touch. Um, now, Eric Ebron, I think because of that, he ended up getting more opportunity. Um, he had seven targets, caught a touchdown. Um, so if Deontay Johnson misses next week, Ebron might be on the streaming radar. Um, also, uh, as far as that backfield goes, James Conner, it's his backfield still, 23 opportunities, looked good. Um, but Benny Snell might not be the handcuff that we all think he is. Anthony McFarland, somebody that I was high on coming into this year, um, you know, until I find out that, you know, seems like Benny Snell just is the guy, that's who, that's who Tomlin likes, but he saw some opportunities in this game and looked good. Uh, compared to Benny Snell. So the fact that both of these guys are getting a similar opportunity, uh, McFarlane and Snell, and then McFarlane being the more shiftier guy, maybe the better talent, also the more versatile guy, you know, better pass catcher, it raises an eyebrow a little bit. I'm not sure if I'm rostering Snell anymore at this point. Now, for the 49ers, Jared McKinnon, he was the guy. Like, now, he did leave the game early, I think in the fourth quarter, with a rib injury, but... Uh, by the way, he seems like it seems like he's okay. Like he tweeted out that he's Gucci, so I'm assuming he's fine. But we'll see. It, you know, got to monitor the practice reports. But in this first half, he had 79% of snaps and like 12 touches, 12 opportunities in this game in the first half. So that was like leading up to like that's almost bell cow like workhorse type of opportunity right there. So if he didn't get hurt in the second half, also the fact that the 49ers were just up so much that. You know, that's when they started to incorporate Jeff Wilson the way they did. So, uh, by the way, so if McKinney gets, is hurt, if he's out, if that rib injury is somewhat serious to the point where he has to miss next week, Jeff Wilson would be the pickup. Jermichael Hasty would be his compliment. Uh, but Wilson, I think, would be the play for, for more touches and, and goal line work as well. The Giants' backfield without Saquon was just a hot mess this week. Deion Lewis had like 30, 38% of snaps. Um, Devontae Freeman has had the third most amount of snaps. And Wayne Gallman had the second most amount of snaps. It was like split relatively evenly between the three guys. Uh, and none of them did shit. Devontae Freeman, eh. He looked like Devontae Freeman, but it wasn't great. Well, I'm assuming that his role is going to increase moving forward, but he's not startable right now. Now I know what everyone's thinking about Joe Mixon. Like, they're just done. Three bad weeks, and I get it. Now... I think it's very important to understand expectations, right? And if you had high expectations for Joe Mixon, you traded him at his ADP. But for whatever reason, you're... <laughs> Miles Sanders got another 26 opportunities in this game. The way that he's being used in the pass game on top of what he's getting in the run game, and he's looking good as a runner too, like this is high-end RB1 type of usage. And the talent is there. All of it is there. So... I would, the fact that he didn't score in this game, like, if you don't have Miles Sanders, like, I would be trying to trade for his ass, too. Like, I'm treating him like a top five running back, especially in PPR leagues. In, in any league, it doesn't matter. Um, I would trade for him if I can. You know, send the boatload if you have to. But um, if, you, if you have running back issues, like, this is the guy that will solve them for you. He's a top five back right now. 
um, in terms of opportunity. Like, it, it's, it's legit. It doesn't get any better than this. Dallas Goddard, another guy who got hurt early. Uh, he might have a high ankle sprain only because they said that he might miss some time. So if it was a regular ankle injury, you know, there's a chance that, you know, he could practice and potentially play. But the fact that he said he'll miss some time seems like a high ankle variety to me. I think it would be an understatement to say that Justin Jefferson broke out this week. Um, he led the team with nine targets. Uh, Adam Thielen had five. Uh, he had 175 receiving yards and a touchdown. He bowled the fuck out. Now... Um, coming into week three, uh, the Vikings were about middle of the pack as far as three wide receiver sets goes, 11 personnel. Um, and Justin Jefferson was playing about 32 snaps per game, right? Out of like, you know, the usual 55 to 65 snaps per game that the offense has. Um, and he was running like almost exclusively out of the slot, uh, during, in those three wide receiver sets. Okay. Now coming into, now in week three, his snaps went up to 50, like 50 something, 52, I think. And then... Run, ran almost exclusively on the outside and is running in two wide receiver sets over Ola B.C. Johnson only played like six or seven snaps in the slot this week. So after running exclusively in the slot, he was moved to the outside and balled the fuck out. And, you know, this is after him playing exclusively in the slot at LSU in, in 2019, like almost every snap, every route from the slot. Impressive. Impressive. So he's one of the guys that I'm looking at on the waiver wire this week for sure. Now, if you picked up Mike Davis on waivers last week um, for Christian McCaffrey, it worked out. 76% of snaps, workhorse level right there, 21 touches. Eight of those touches were catches. Legit. He walked right into that same role. Um, you got yourself a, a very good replacement until he's back. Now, the Chargers couldn't get their running back duo going. Uh, this was literally the Austin Eckler show. Um, you know, the Panthers went up in this game, you know, early in, in, that, in that game, and they couldn't get both Eckler and uh, Josh Kelly to get going. But Eckler... Like, he had 11 targets, 11 catches in this game. This is really what you drafted him for on top of his work on the ground. And he, he rushed a score in as well. Um, you know, not a goal line carry, but a little bit, you know, it was in the red zone, but, you know, outside that 10-yard area. And he was able to get it in. So with Eckler, the amount of touches that he's getting, the efficiency that he's shown, this is exactly why, you know, you drafted him where he did. And if this kind of usage continues, he was being, he was being underdrafted, to be honest with you. Um, so, you know, going into this game, you would have thought that, you know, Josh Kelly would have been able to expose himself. At, that, that didn't sound right. Uh, <laughs> he was able to expose the Panthers' rushing defense and get some opportunity. But you, you know what I mean. Maybe next week. Besides Austin Eckler benefiting from Justin Herbert, uh, so is Keenan Allen. 19 targets in this game. Caught 13 of them. 130 yards and a touchdown. That's legit. And this is last week. He had nine targets to led the team. So every week. Of course, we called it, Bruce Arians went back to Ronald Jones after Leonard Fournette showed out in week two. Uh, I think Jones had like 17 opportunities, Fournette had nine opportunities in this game, Jones led in snap share as well. In the first half, it was relatively even, you know what I mean, Jones was still leading, but Jones was the one closing out the game. Uh, so yeah, I'm, both these guys are going to be on my bench next week. I mean, I don't have any of them on any of my teams, but... Um, I think both guys are going to be on my bench. <laughs> Mike Evans saw two targets, caught two touchdowns on those two targets. Uh, Chris Godwin had a good game, but he left with a hamstring injury. He's getting an MRI on that today. We'll see if that how that comes back, but Mike Evans might be in line for a lot more opportunity next week if Godwin misses. So with Jeff Driscoll at quarterback, uh, the target share seemed very compact right at the top with Jerry Judy and Noah Fant. Judy had nine all out of the slot. Uh, Noah Fant had ten. Uh, KJ Hamlin didn't have a, a lot. Like I think he had three or four targets. So 
Well, with Philip Lindsay out, uh, Melvin Gordon's snap share was a little bit disappointing. Less than 70% of snaps. Uh, Royce Freeman had like 35% of snaps for whatever reason. Um, so, you know, you would hope that, you know, Melvin Gordon would see like 75, 80% of snaps, but wasn't the case. So good news on Chris Carson. Uh, he avoided a major injury. Uh, he just has a knee sprain. He might be out uh, next week, but he also has a chance of playing. If he's out, Carlos Hyde probably will be get the boatload of carries, uh, but Travis Homer will be very involved as well. So Michael Gallup finally had a good game. Uh, it took a couple weeks, but nine targets, caught six of them, 138 yards and a touchdown, uh, made some big plays. I think it came at the expense of C.D. Lamb, uh, who only had six targets. Uh, or was it Cedric Wilson? Cedric Wilson came out of nowhere. Dude, the dude played like six or seven or eight snaps coming into week three, um, and he got a lot of the opportunity this week. It seems like they played a lot of four wide receiver sets in this comeback, uh, you know, attempted comeback they tried to make. Uh, but, yeah. I'm not picking up him up on waivers or anything like that. If you have a bench spot, sure, spend a dollar or two on him. But, like, they have other guys there, and uh, he's not going to be used that much. But it, 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 he was the guy that was left open, open, basically. Anyone else notice that Russell Wilson's just balling the fuck out right now? Like, when he drops back, like, do you expect nothing less than perfection from him every time he throws the ball? It's crazy. Tal Lockett, and Metcalf are, like, must wide receiver one plays, like, every single week. TJ Hawkinson's route participation went up uh, to about 90% in week three, down uh, up from like 50 to 60% in week one and two, which wasn't great. Uh, and his targets went up too this week. So basically, it just means that he ran a route on almost every one of Matt Stafford's dropbacks. We identified Alan Lazard as the guy between him and MVS who would benefit the most with Devonta Adams out. Great matchup in the slot compared to New Orleans being very stout on the outside. And it worked out. Alan Lazard, 146 yards and a touchdown, eight targets. He did his thing. MVS caught one ball for like five yards. Pretty much what we saw last year when when Devonta Adams went out, MVS couldn't do anything. 